And welcome back to another episode of Kolot. This is your host, Rabbi Hillel Kapitstein, director of the Columbus Community Kolel. And it's a great honor and privilege to welcome all of you back to our next episode featuring Rabbi Dan Roth. You may recall that a few episodes ago, we did something called God's Reason for the Internet with Shimon Koyako, founder of TorahAnytime.com. And we got to see how... Um, anything that a Baruch Hu creates, there's a way to use it for the good, there's a way to use it for the bad. And that's exactly what we're going to discuss today with Rabbi Roth. You're going to learn about what he's done, what he created, and how he uses it for the positive. So stay tuned. I think you'll enjoy this episode very, very much. To sponsor a Kolot episode, email me, sponsorkolot at gmail.com. Once again, that is sponsorkolot at gmail.com. And without any further ado, Allow me to tell you about our guest. Rabbi Dan Roth believes there is nothing more exciting than Torah wisdom and is devoting his life to bringing that excitement to Jews around the world. A revolutionary educator, he is the founder and director of Torah Live, an organization that creates multimedia presentations and teachings, teaching resources on both halachic and hashkafic topics. Raised in London, Rabbi Roth is a graduate of the Mir Yeshiva and receives smicha from the chief rabbinate of Israel. While teaching at Or Sameach, he recognized the need for making Torah relevant to our youth, and thus, Torah Live was born. Rabbi Roth now spends most of his time script writing, filming, and traveling the world to inspire individuals and educators in how to utilize today's technology to engage people in the beauty and relevance of Torah in our lives. Rabbi Dan Roth, thank you so much for joining Kolot. What a pleasure to be here. We're here now. So as a way of introduction, can you please share with us a little bit about yourself, your background and upbringing? Sure, I grew up in London, went to Hasmonean. Uh, after high school, came to Israel to learn at Karen B. Avner. Planned just to stay uh, a year, turned into two years, turned into three years, and now it's uh, 30 plus years. Um, after two years in the KBY, I went to the Mir, um, got into learning Halacha, wrote a book on Pika Ovis, and uh, started teaching in Osameach about 15 years ago. And uh, that's how Torah Live was born. Wow. So before we get into Torah Live for a second, can you please share with us maybe some of your influences, your, some of your mentors, Rebbeim, who helped shape you, who you are today? Sure. Um, Rabbi Yitzchak Berkowitz is uh, my Rebbe, the Rav. Um, of Torah Alive, all the Pesachi goes through him. I've asked him hundreds, probably thousands of questions over the years. Um, and he had a, an immense influence on me. I'm happy to share with you more about him and his uh, belief in this whole uh, technology uh, game uh, piece. And then, of course, with Ruven Leuchter, um, who I was able to be uh, I'm very you know, close with. And he had a tremendous impact on myself and my family, Baruch Hashem. So you mentioned Torah Live, and I presume that's your baby. That is your uh, full-time gig, what you live in. Full-time plus. Full-time plus. <laughs> um, so why don't we dive in? Let's, let's get into it. What is Torah Live? Torah Live harnesses Hollywood-level graphics and video to give a passion and love for Torah and mitzvahs to 
our generation. And how do you do that? First of all, check it out, TorahLive.com. It's uh, all the videos available. How do we do that? We have a whole team of uh, 52 scriptwriters and sound designers and After Effects and producers, directors, videographers, programming team, and trying to use the very language that kids today are absorbing information and use that very language to, you know, show them the beauty and the sweetness of Torah and mitzvahs. Uh, so every Allah, every Ashkofer, that's my my dream, my vision to translate every good character trait, every important Ashkofer into this language. I've done uh, 62 courses to date, which altogether comes to hundreds of videos, but it's a drop in the ocean compared to what needs to be done. And how did this all get started? What's your inception story? From A to Z, I was teaching, as I mentioned, in Osamech. I was very excited about Pika Ovis. I spent three years of my life writing this uh, book uh, about Pika Ovis. I gave this class to a group of um, post-high school teenagers who were from from birth, but seriously turned off Judaism to the extent that they were either on drugs, coming off drugs, social issues, psychological issues. The only real requirement to get into this program in Osamech was that they couldn't get into any other program in Israel. And I had the challenge of teaching them and i gave them a regular class you know standing in front traditional teaching methods disaster they're walking out of the room they were texting each other total disinterest in a word i had to say and i remember tossing and turning not being able to fall asleep you know i had five kids at home this is my first time trying to step out of kola and into the big world and you know get a job and it was a disaster nightmare what's going to be about my panosa how am i going to manage and in retrospect that um, worst day of my life turned out to be the biggest blessing because Hashem opened up for me a whole new world and he made me realize I'm talking the wrong language I'm talking how I was taught and I was a boy back in the end in the day but I got to get with the turf I got to get you know on their bandwidth and communicate on their um, you know on their on their means of communication so I dabbled in in uh, some software and multimedia and it was a miracle. The same kids who weren't interested in traditional teaching methods were suddenly mesmerized and begging for more. And this is, you know, really cool. And it wasn't this rabbi from antiquity. It was rather someone who, you know, they can relate to and, and, and they felt very connected to. So that was the beginning. It wasn't Torah totally Live back then. It was just Dan Roth trying to keep his day job in Osamer. But that was the beginning of, of, of this Shefa of Rocha that Hashem has sent down. Thank God. I want to double click on something. Uh, a few episodes ago, we did an interview with Rabbi Shimon Russell of CSW entitled Raising a Loving Family. And he talked about something called learning trauma. Pe- uh, people could disconnect from Judaism, from Yiddishkeit, from Torah learning if they have learning disabilities and, and learning challenges that kind of set them apart. Um, is that kind of what you were seeing? And maybe you're teaching it in this very out-of-the-box way, kind of spoke to them and really gave them a second chance? Yeah, for sure. I think you um, I think you really you know, hit the nail on the head. That was definitely the profile of these kids. But what was amazing to me is that even though it started off in this very select group of kids with learning difficulties, what I soon realized is that once Torah is presented in an exciting way, you know, who doesn't want to get excited about the most beautiful thing in the world? So even though, yes, it was made for what we'll call off the dare kids, it soon became a presentation I was giving, I was traveling in the world, giving it to regular Balabatim, you know, I flew to Toronto, flew to London, and just giving this multimedia presentation, which, yes, was born in this incubator of these 
um, learning challenged kids. But I soon realized that this is something that really speaks globally to everybody. Can you tell us some of the hardships in starting this revolutionary way of Torah learning? Well, definitely at the beginning, there was, you know, groups for groups from the more right that weren't comfortable with uh, this new, let's call it, uh, teaching method. But over the years, I, I am seeing that as time goes on, even people who, you know, were against this medium are realizing that if we like it or not, this is this is how kids are absorbing information. I mean, just look around, walk in the street, see how, you know, you're in the taxi and you right away get this screen you're in the bank you're in the post office it's it's like all around us and so um even those groups that were at the beginning very hesitant are you know coming around and realizing this is this is the way that everybody's absorbing information and um rather than run away and hope it goes away which isn't happening let's uh be real and um and harness it instead of uh trying to ignore it and is there a specific group, a specific sect of people that join and listen to Torah Live, or does it have broad appeal? And if it has broad appeal, how do you do that? That's a real challenge because at the moment I'm making one size fits all for all of Jewish of all the Jewish people, which is uh, definitely a a challenge. Um, modern Orthodox definitely the most open um, to using technology. Um, so they are our biggest clients, but it's being used, you know, I have Haredi Shiba Haredi on one side and they have even pluralistic and conservative and reform and unaffiliated Jews that are, are enjoying it as well. Wow. But yeah, moving forward, that is, is definitely something that, you know, we need a bit of tweaking, a bit of maybe a Kirov track, maybe a Beisiakov track. And, uh, you know, it's very, very challenging to make one size fits all. You can never get it right. Is it brachot or is it brachos? You know, is it, um, you know, are the... In the in the teenagers' room, do they have uh, baseball stickers behind the star? Or is it you know Gedolim stickers? It's, it's you know you can never really hit it right. But I hope that um, people realize that uh, as many you know stripes and backgrounds of Jews, and uh, at the end of the day, we're all uh, part of one nation, all brothers and sisters. And um, I, I hope to alive in its current. Um, state of having one size fits all can be appreciated and 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 actually contribute to the diversity and that that uh, Jewish unity that really joins us all together. So it sounds like there's a balancing act over here. Uh, if you would agree, I'm sure you would agree to that. Can you tell us uh, some of the things you do to walk that tightrope? In the newest film, our Chesed series, it's called Live to Give. So there's three main characters: Simcha, Baruch, and Yair, and one of them has a suede keeper, you know, so the modern Orthodox connect. One has a knitted keeper, so that, you know, Mizrahi and uh, Datilu Omi can connect. And another of the main characters has a, a black keeper, a white shirt. So I'm trying to make everybody happy. <laughs> Not easy. Well, we definitely appreciate that here on Kolo. The mission of our podcast is to have many voices and to try to uh, pick up on share meaning, share values. Uh, to spread to everyone. So I could definitely appreciate that. Uh, can you share with us some great filming stories? So there's a, there's a whole crew behind me. You know, I, I get to sit here and, and talk about it, but there's 52 people on the team. And uh, we have a production manager, Sharon Katz, whose job it is to audition uh, not just men and women for our actors and actresses, but even bunny rabbits. You know, in our power of speech, there was one scene that I needed to uh, hold my 
abracadabra magic wand and out of a hat came a bunny rabbit. So Sharon interviewed many bunny rabbits. Some are fluffier, some are gray, some are white, some are friendlier till she found just the right one. But on set, this bunny rabbit just did not want to listen to the cue and jump out of the hat at the right time. So we tried lettuce and we tried uh, all kinds of tricks until we had no choice but just to, you know, turn the hat over and, you know, push it out. Lots of fun, fun stories uh, for our trailer's video. So I went scuba diving. I had myself, a madrich, my cameraman, Sasha Gorev, in the scuba gear. And he had also had a madrich. So it's all four of us. Um, trying to find the Murex Trunculus, the uh, alleged Tcheles snail. And um, I'll let you into a secret over here. We had to plant it because obviously on set, when you're filming, you can't afford to take the risk to mm-hmm. just happen by the, you know, the, the Tcheles Murex Trunculus uh, as you want it. So we had to um, set it up beforehand. I've been sailing on yachts, you know, for the traveling series about Tcheles Aderach. Ribis, there's one scene where we had to act out a, a man drowning cameraman had to get in his swing trunks and go in get that shot lots of fun and games so th- this is pretty sophisticated to put it lightly perhaps yeah this is not like a talking head yeshiva this is you know as close as i can get to hollywood level graphics and why do you want to be like hollywood that's the competition that we're up against in other words if if we really stand a chance of grabbing the attention of the youth today and this is what they're exposed to so if it's just you know one guy and a camera and it's just a talking head that's not really gonna mesmerize our our audience my aim is to get kids to love and enjoy learning from Torah life to the extent that they're begging their parents or teachers please teach me more you know Jim Capistine your uncle a good friend from LA wrote to me that his kids beg him to be able to watch Toe Alive. And he, and he once wrote a sweet email how, you know, he works for Disney and we had to negotiate with them that if they get in pajamas on time, then a special treat, they can watch Toe Alive. I mean, when was the last time, Hillel, that kids are begging their father, please let me watch more. And it's only when we do it at this very high quality, sophisticated level that we get these results. Otherwise kids are like, you know, like, you know, turn turn to something else. So, this is this is what we're up against. This street out there is is exciting, and the way to battle that excitement is to show them that we have just as much, if not more, excitement in our heritage and our Judaism. So you have to be competitive. You have to be relevant, I guess. Yeah, you know, Rabbi Berkowitz, my my Rebbe, once said in a, in a shir that it used to be you could insulate your families back in the shtetl in Poland. Maybe you could protect from the outside world, but that's just not possible nowadays. We live in such a a society where it seeps in, you know, as you're walking down the street, as you see billboards, as you, as I said, going to the post office in a taxi, it's, it's everywhere, this medium. So it's, it's not really possible anymore to insulate. And the only way to battle that is to show them we have something equal and not just equal, but far higher and more meaningful and more beautiful. So this is the playing field, if we like it or not. So this, you know, this is really out of the box. This is really uh, <laughs> fascinating. And the, the, where everyone could check out these videos, you said is TorahLive.com? Yeah, sure. Sign up for hundreds of videos. First thing of the scenes is more, we're, we're trying to, aiming for one new video a week. Uh, recently we came out with individuality and Eretz Yisrael. And as I said, this whole Chesed series and music. And, you know, it, it's much more than what kids are learning at school. You know, maybe classically, it used to be the brachas, kashras, shabbos topics which kids learn in school. But 
my vision is far broader than that. I want to show children the breadth of Judaism, that there's no subject in the world that Judaism doesn't address, and there's no area of their life that they don't have something to be proud of and to tap into this glorious um, source of wisdom. So if you, as you say, are competing with Hollywood, so to speak, I'm sure there's got to be a lot of questions specifically as it relates to Hashkafa. Can you share with us some of those dilemmas and how you deal with it? Yeah, you want, you want to like drill down, be more, a bit more specific? The idea of using technology um, comes with it, um, you know, it's a double-edged sword. On one hand, it could be very... Um, it can be very helpful, very powerful. And, you know, I'm, I'm among them, you know, I use um, technology, not all of it, but I definitely use a lot of it. Um, but I myself see the inherent dangers and it's kind of hard to make sure that you're balancing it right. And you have to put up all these safety precautions and um, you know, to be frank, you know, it's not been good. Technology has not been helpful for relationships, for marriages in particular. Social media has been a, has been a killer um, specifically with teenagers on TikTok. I mean, we could go on and on what it's done to people's um, physical or let's say mental health. Um, so technology comes with it, this tremendous double-edged sword. So talk to us a little bit of how you balance that and try to make sure that we're sticking to the good juices of technology. Well, let me, let me answer. Thank you for clarifying. Let me answer that question on, on two fronts, the bigger picture and then the practical you know, issues that you, uh, you bring up quite correctly. So on the, on the bigger front, again, Tukura Berkowitz, the president of Torah Live and my Rebbe, says the Torah Bereshis Bore Lekim, and Rashi comments, Bereshis Bishvil HaToyah Shnikoreshis Bishvil Yisrael Shnikoreshis, which means that everything God created in the universe is ultimately for spreading Torah, for teaching Jews about um, how to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So if HaKadosh Baruch Hu created 3D graphics and animation and creativity and cartoons and all the visual uh, tools that our generation is privy to enjoy, that is ultimately to spread HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Torah. It's, it's there to, to glorify Hashem and His Torah and it should be uh, harnessed um, to do that. In fact, Roberkowitz says that if we don't bother to uh, take advantage and we simply ignore it, so then it's like someone gives you a gift and you just say, I'm not interested. I Baruch created this and, and, and it's our obligation to, to use it for good things. That's on the global scale. Um, on the practical side, what you're saying about the filters and everything, for sure, I'm not uh, all Roberkowitz and either are um, saying to not install filters and to put the right barriers. And, and obviously we're aware of all the negative sides, but that doesn't mean because the negative side you know, exists that we should not as much as possible try and take advantage. You know, Chazal say that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu on several occasions was, uh, didn't have clarity how to make the menorah or what the split hooves look like. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, says, you know, this is, and he showed them visually. And, and from here, the Maral and others say that there's an advantage to actually seeing something. That's what I'm trying to do. The, the kivun of Torah live, the direction is to give extra clarity. So many complex halachas or so many uh, topics in character development that kids just would not be interested in learning 
You know, they're not going to open up the Mercedes to show them and learn about how to overcome laziness or how to do mitzvahs with more enthusiasm. But yeah, they fight to watch Rabbi Siddhar, lovable cartoon character, you know, uh, entertain them and educate them at the same time. So, uh, yeah, I'm only talking about the positive and pushing it, uh, but I'm not, um, you know, saying there's efkeros and, and, and there's no negative side. I, you know, personally in my family and, and everybody I speak to always have to keep this balance um, that exists. Sure, sure. Um, do you have any recent collaborations with any other organizations? Yeah, I think the most exciting one is El Al. Um, you can now fly from New York to Tel Aviv and throughout the entire flight, enjoy El Al traditional channel where Tour Live is featured. We gave them three hours worth originally of footage and they loved it so much. Now they uh, have 11 hours and 40 minutes. People sending me pictures of their kids watching it and enjoying it and all kinds of people discovering it. They never knew about it before in El Al. OU recently uh, created a page, a, to- a Taste of Torah Live, and they have a bunch of our videos there, and they sent it out to their tens of thousands of subscribers. Tovido, 24-6, Yidflix, uh, Torah Anytime, these are H.com. These are some of the other uh, platforms that have some of our videos. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, definitely partnering, getting the word out there is uh, what it's all about. So I like that. You're not you're not going solo. You're you're partnering, collaborating, and holding hands, joining forces. Oh, for sure. In fact, when I started, I had no intention of creating Torah Live. I couldn't wish for anything more than just being swallowed up by the big organizations. If it's you know the Torah Masoi or whatever the other organizations are, and just working for them. I had no, you know, my, my my love, my real passion is the the creativity, learning up the topics, thinking how we're going to get this over to the Jewish people in a creative, out the box way. But, you know, all the admin and the, everything else, technical running an organization, I really, um, it's not my uh, my thing. And I, I dreamt at the beginning of just working for another organization. But I soon realized that big organizations like big ships, they don't just, you know, swerve and, and turn quickly. They, they have their own mission. And unless their mission is to use and harness technology to teach Torah, so it, it's, it's not an easy fit. And um, I eventually came to the realization that if I'm going to do this, I have to, you know, set up shop. But at the same time I'm setting up shop, I'm always trying to, you know, speak to every other Jewish organization and partner and work together. So I'm sure every video you've done is your favorite, as everyone says. <laughs> I, I could say the same. Every episode Kolot has done is my favorite. But after that, can you share with us some of your highlights, some of the things that really got you excited um, I know that's all of them, but if you could just uh, cherry pick a few, can you share with us? Yeah, I'm so happy you asked. I like your questions over Hillel. So the one I'm most passionate about is the one that it's hard to believe, but I've been actually working on for five years. It's our biggest, most ambitious project yet. And the question that is coming to answer is how can we engage kids? How can we get them excited about life? Waking up in the morning energized and happy to live and breathe and have another day to exist. And it's amazing that on the one hand, we live in a generation that has more comforts and luxuries than ever before in Jewish history. The average level of of, of living is higher than it was ever before. And yet with all that, we're seeing unprecedented levels of depression and anxiety and stress and kids being so restless and and, and, and fidgety. And, and the question that this new film tries to answer is how can we get the next generation 
of kids to be, as I said, you know, excited about living. And obviously, I don't hope to solve all the world's issues uh, with one product. But we believe, I believe that if kids are more tapped into giving and dedicated to chesed, not just like opening the door for somebody or telling somebody the time, but passionate. I'm talking about being fanatics for chesed on the level of Rama Avinu was somebody who was oozing with Abbas saw people who are Moisa Nefesh, who are prepared to go to physical pain to help others, that if we can get kids to really tap in deeply to this level of giving, then it's just so freeing and it's just so, you know, invigorating. And, you know, I, I don't have to describe to you about you know, that feeling that you get when you give to somebody. It just touches you at a level deeper than any physical pleasure or comfort can touch you and the reason is because we are all formed in the image of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Hashem is the ultimate giver right with so hative, infinite beings don't lack anything the creation of the universe of the world was it was just purely giving and that's why when we give we connect to the source of who we are we are each we each have a spark so to speak of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and when we give we tap into that into that deepest level of connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and so this film hopes not just to teach about chesed, but to create a revolution of chesed and to create a whole movement of giving. And I'm happy to show you a little clip here or there if you're interested, and I could talk more about it, but definitely sure. that is by far the uh, the most exciting project on the burners today. For sure. And, and is that something that's already been uh, released and published or it's still in the makings? It's still in the making, although you can uh, see on our, one of the courses, we have a whole course dedicated to behind the scenes. And for Colot. Uh, viewers only. I'm happy to share just the two minutes of seven episodes. So it's uh, 40 time, forty minutes times seven episodes. We're about 280 minutes. And I can just show you 60 seconds just to show you a snippet of the quality of the work if you're interested. Absolutely. Okay, so there's a little a little background to what you're going to see. Um, these three main characters, Simcha Baruch and Yair, they form a team whose mission is to teach the world about giving and they produce content which eventually makes it a Times Square, New York, and thousands of people around the world see and are impacted and influenced by. And what I'm going to show you over here is a spoof of the fancy car ad. You know those advertisements that promise you, buy this car, you'll be happy, life will be good. Well, imagine what an ad would look like if Torah values were being pumped out through ads. Wow. Um, let me share a screen with you. So for those listening, you might want to check out the YouTube video and watch this, and you will be fascinated by Rabbi Roth's presentation. You know that life is short, so you live yours to the fullest. That's why there are a lot of things that you do. And that's why we built a car to help out.
Introducing the truth that the real value of the things you have doesn't depend on how fancy they are. It depends on how you use them. There'll be a dedicated website called Live to Give where kids will be encouraged to upload what we call Chesed Hacks, which is creative, original ways to do Chesed. And it's a film about these three teenagers creating a movement because we realize if we want the next generation of kids to create a movement, let's create a film where those kids can see other kids that they relate to create such a movement and hopefully be inspired to do the same. And walk us through what you're hoping will be the outcome of that. I know you talked about people feeling good about giving, but like, you know, they'll feel good in the moment. What are you looking to, you know, hopefully see in the long term? Right. I'm I'm looking for kids to make this a, a way of life, to have what I call chesed eyes. You know, the Chavetz Chaim writes, he quotes the Pasuk in the Novi Micha that says, Ma Hashem lekecha, ki'im, chesed. What does God expect from us if not to do goodness, mishpat, and to love chesed? And the Chavetz Chaim draws attention to this change of verbs that when it's talking about Kindness is talking about loving kindness, not just doing kindness, it's loving kindness. In other words, what the Chavis Chaim is teaching us over here is that it's not just to do chesed, we have to be searching. Like Avraham Avinu was pained by the fact that he couldn't do chesed. It was a third day of his mila. There was no guests around. Why was he pained? There's no chesed to be done. Chesed only starts if there's someone who needs chesed, if there's you know wayfarers, there's people who are walking by who, who, who need hospitality. But as Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky asks, if there are no people on the street that need chesed done to them, there's nothing to be upset about, right? It's like being upset today on a Monday that it's not Shabbos and I can't light Shabbos candles. That's absurd. If it's Shabbos and I don't have the means, I don't have the candles, the wine to make Kiddush, okay, I understand it's a frustration because the mitzvah exists, but something is holding me back from doing that mitzvah. But if it's Monday, there's no mitzvah of Shabbos. Why would, you know, why would we be upset it's not Shabbos today? So why was Avram upset that there was no chesed to be done if there's no one who needs chesed? Explains of Yaakov Kamenetsky that chesed is different. Chesed is something that should be who you are. It's your very personality. It's, 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 it's your essence. Is that you're just bursting that you want to help others. And that's the, that's the bar that we're trying to set. Kids who are, are prepared to sacrifice things if that's what it takes because they're inspired by our obvious and emois. Consider, you know, Rachel, how she gave the signs to her sister Leah, even though it effectively meant that she's going to have, at sorry, she's going to have another uh, woman in her married life. Because why? She she cared so much for other people. That's what we're trying to achieve over here. Over here, kids who have these chesed eyes. The way I picture it is, you know, uh, a fighter pilot. So he has the sophisticated helmet where he sees everything that one usually sees if it's the distance to the tank or how much gas is left. But overlaid on the HUD is also extra information, right? And we want to create children have these chesed eyes. As they're walking down the street, they see, oh, here's the opportunity to smile, to say a good word. If you're in school and there's a seat next to you and there's a kid who's new to the class, you can offer him chesed eyes or applying it to adults. If we're walking at the supermarket and we see that everybody's trying to find that parking place and we know that we're about to pull out, chesed eyes, you see, oh, let me go over to that person. Let me... Tell them you can sit over here. Um, so many opportunities. So it's, it's a whole different level of giving, as I said. It's, it's really people who are fanatics, as I said, for chesed, like Avram and all the others in Imois. 
So you're trying to tap in deep and make this a way of life, not just an inspiration, not just like a warm and fuzzy feeling. You're really trying to. Right. The, the film would just be a springboard for, for a whole movement. With, with You're talking about partnering, you partnered with uh, the OU, um, helped by Simon Taylor, who, who are excited to roll this out and, and be part of it. In England, we partnered with GIFT. Uh, we're trying to set up around the world screenings. If you want your school or your community to be part of these worldwide screenings, then please contact me. And um, we have swag. We're going to have these like chesed glasses, chesed eye glasses that kids will be able to get. In the film, Ari Goldrag has written a theme song called Live to Give. Uh, the kids in the film will be wearing these Live to Give wristbands. The kids in the real world will be able to to get. We want to pilot with schools to roll it out, with abundance of schools. We want to pilot with... You want to make initiatives that mothers can download with ideas, what they can do with their kids, you know, take them to the toy store, buy beautiful toys and go together with your kids to deliver them to hospitals, to the needy kids. You want to make this uh, a, a new modus operandi. And, and and I find so comforting and inspiring that Chazal say that the future Geula is going to come um, in the merit of Chesed, and, and especially in these three weeks. Um, you know, we're mourning the Beis HaMikdash and the Chavetz Chaim says, that the base of English cannot be rebuilt until we eradicate the very sin that was the cause of the destruction of the base of English. We know that sin uh, a lack of, of, of love towards our fellow Jew, was the cause of that. So this is something that's obviously pertinent for now, these three weeks, and also Hashem, for the future redemption. Would, would, would it be fair to say that you're trying to like create a culture here? Yeah, I, I recently asked for Berkowitz if I have to be careful. You know, in, in the past, he's told me when uh, when people have asked me to highlight specific mitzvahs, and he said you have to be very careful because what happens to any organization that when they highlight one mitzvah and make it their, you know, their um, banner, so everybody kind of sticks in their minds, oh, that's the organization, that's you know their pet topic, and and they become unfortunately maybe irrelevant. And with other mitzvahs that people have asked me to used her life's uh, worldwide reach to to push. And Rebekah told me, if I do that, it has to be done through a separate organization because he didn't want her alive to be associated specifically with any one mitzvah. And when I asked him recently, hey, Rebbe, what about chesed? Am I getting too carried away? Maybe that uh, warning that you gave me should also apply to chesed. He said, no, chesed is different. This is you know a core value. This is one of the three things that the world stands on. And it's uh, we don't have to be worried about that. And it's so many different aspects to it. You know, to love your fellow Jew as we love ourselves, the Ramban explains that we have to get rid of any small-mindedness that keeps us back from wanting for our fellow exactly that same level of success that we want for ourselves. Typically, he says, you know, I don't mind if my friend is uh, popular as long as when it comes to intelligence, I have one up on him. I don't know if he's also intelligent. When it comes to wealth, I want to hold like some law over him. We we tend to want to, you know, keep for ourselves some area that we are above everybody else. And Rabban explains, no, but Haftarah means that just like when it comes to my life, I want to enjoy happiness and family and friends and health and everything good. So too, without any limitations, we should want that for our fellow. Imagine but you know what a society would look like when we are all walking, um, you know, personifications of, of that. What, what what a beautiful world! What an utopian world that will be. So yeah, I'm. Uh, it's a biggie. <laughs> this is a biggie. Um, can you share with us some statistics, analytics about your users, 
um, how many, where are they? And, uh, you know, some of the numbers that, you know, that you're really proud of. Um, everything's from above. Um, so I get, I get sensitive when you say proud of, it's really, it's just a big gift of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Siyat uh, 1.3 million hours uh, of content are enjoyed uh, on Torah Live. We have about 130,000 uh, unique visitors that have come to our site uh, in the last year and getting about over 100,000 pieces of content a month. But that's just from our site. It's very hard to really get the stats because, as I said, we're on 24-6 and Yidfix and Tavido and Torah anytime in Aish and, you know, Chabad had our stuff. So, and Elal, so I don't have all the statistics, but um, those are just some of the numbers that uh, I would throw around. And, and for me, the, the most heartwarming impact really isn't the hard numbers. It's seeing how it's touched people's lives. Kids who 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 say they it's changed their davening or, you know, people come over to me and it's really the impact that it's had that is most meaningful. And and, and if you want to go to torahlive.com, there's a whole page where kids actually upload their own submissions. In other words, after a child has watched the Torah Live video, we say, okay, now it's your turn to create something. So you've learned about honoring parents. Great. Now act out how you want to give more nachas, more pleasure to your parents and upload it to us. You've learned about emuna, about life. Talk about what you want your friends to say about you when you're eight years old and upload it to us. And for me, that's the most heartwarming page. Again, if I can share my screen, I'm happy to show that to you. But it's hundreds and hundreds of submissions of kids, you know, actually sharing how they have been affected. Just a few weeks ago, we put up a new course about not taking revenge. Within a few days, kids were sharing stories how, you know, um, Yoni Leibovic said he was on his bike and a kid pushed him. And instead of his natural instinct, which was to, you know, lash out at him, because you're inspired by the not taking revenge video, he overcame that and he shared that story. So it's, it's the real stories. It's real seeing how, how kids have, have been touched. That for me is the, is the most impressive uh, aspect of Torah Live. We want more Torah Live videos. Why don't we? Let's do that. Can you share a screen? And oh, okay. That'll take me a minute to pull it up for sure. Watchers, our viewers, see in real time what you're talking about. So here we are on TorahLive.com, and if you go to the courses page, so these are the different courses, and each course has many, many different elements. So let me just give you a quick tour. Whenever you see this red circle, that means it's actual content piece. Whenever you see the blue circle, that's the... That's uh, behind the scenes. You get to see the secrets, how we animated, how we made it all happen. This... Purple is the challenge, where, as I said, Rabbi Siddha uh, gives the kids something that they have to create. And then if you head over to the challenges page, this is where all the submissions are happening. Happening. So um, BFF challenge, that's uh, be a, a friend challenge. You talk about what you can do to be a better friend. Um, after you watch the individuality course, you can talk about what you see as something unique to you, um, which is a topic very close to my heart. Um, this is... The Asher Yotza, the Find Wisdom in Creation. Kids learn about the Flores Habere, about the beauty in Hashem's world, and they're asked to look out for their own um, places that they see HaKadosh Baruch Hu's uh, infinite wisdom. Here, this is the Yoni Lubavik story that I was sharing with you about not taking revenge. So, reframing that's for the anger course. Kids are asked to talk about how they reframe the situation, not to get angry. 
and um yeah this is uh the the challenges page wow definitely looks like there's a lot of engagement here yeah and of course there's games as well whenever you see this little icon it's a game then you have a video quiz and you have a story this one is from a rabbi abraham doctor rabbi dr abraham twersky a favorite oh, story wow. of mine as a child about the stone cutter and kids get points and they get avatars and they can even earn dinarium if we go to the uh, dashboard you can see that each child gets a badge when they've done and accomplished something they can earn this virtual coin called a dinar that they then redeem in our impact store where through partnerships that we've set up with other non-for-profits they can actually execute a mitzvah so they've learned about honoring parents they can send flowers to an elderly person someone who's alone or they've learned about mezuzah they can actually gift a mezuzah to a baltshuva family we partnered with my mezuzah so through partnering with other uh, organizations we can, a child can really you know gift somebody with a pair of tits or a pair of tefillin or or big brother mentoring or all kinds of things in the in the mental so that's this section over here and then there's different levels and how many points they have and how many points the next level and parents can actually set up an account for each of their children so these are my kids each one has their own profile their own avatar and i can see Moshe aaron has earned you know 1444 points and what was the last thing that he he watched and i can send him a message and it's uh pretty sophisticated wow incredible really incredible uh lots of good stuff and nothing um you know it's fair to say that nothing amazing happens without its tough moments. Can you share with us some of the hiccups you may have experienced throughout this incredible journey? Well, it's definitely been a, a learning uh, experience for me. You know, so many different skills, if it's software development and public speaking or fundraising, um, many new areas of my life have uh, been opened up to me through this journey, uh, this quest. Um, the biggest challenge is, is the is the fundraising. It's a huge budget and and um, where, where it's a kind of project that when people see it, they realize, wow, this is really cool. This is not just another school or a coil. This is definitely unique. But for me, just getting the meetings is the hardest because, as you know, everyone's bombarded and, you know, people just don't have the headspace for another project. And I don't blame them. But when they do see it, they often fall in love and want their kids to watch it or their grandchildren to watch it and to sponsor. That's um, one of the biggest hurdles is, 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 the, uh, is the funding. Wow. And in closing, can you tell us what have you learned about script writing? I know that this is a lot, uh, not not just a lot. This is a huge part is like the narrative and the script. So yeah. what have you learned about that? Yeah, it's, it's a whole world that I didn't realize how sophisticated and complex um, it was. I remember this Live to Give, the Chesed series, when Elchanan Shnur, our script writer, sent me a draft and he had every few paragraphs these little subheadings you know double false conflict one and um in a battle trans all these different keywords i didn't know what they were and i asked him about it and he explained to me there's a whole science in crafting a script with different arcs and um emotional development and, and it was fascinating it opened my eyes to see what goes into writing a script and if i had to sum, him up, sum it up basically the secret to any good script is conflict that you see the main character and you see there's some inner battle some challenge some pain point that the 
the uh, the star, the actor, the actress is having. And through the film, there's a transformation, there's a change. The main character overcomes some hurdle. And without those elements of transformation and and change, there's really no story. And I started reflecting on that and trying to think, why is it that that's what speaks to us in film? And if you if you analyze any film, any good film that you've been to, you'll see that it has that uh, arc in it. And I realized that really the reason why that speaks to us is because we see in ourselves that inner conflict. Each of us in our lives have different areas, different challenges, you know, things that we wish just, if only it wasn't there, my life would be so easy if that person or, you know, this hurdle wasn't there. And what speaks to us in the film is that we connect on a personal level with that inner struggle of the character. And really, if you think about it, the Mercedes Shoshone tells us that all those challenges, they're there to bring out our growth. And Hashem specifically planted them there for a reason if it's poverty on the one hand or wealth on the other hand if it's health on the one hand or sickness every single thing every situation that we find ourselves in our lives says this is is there to bring out and untap new potential new new strength that we didn't realize that we had but are latent inside of us and i think that's why we connect to the the script in this way because we have those challenges in our lives and if we manage to live up to those challenges then just like you know when you walk out of a film and you feel wow that hero he overcome he overcame that hurdle and you feel inspired and and awestruck by what greatness that person reached in our lives when we please god use utilize all the challenges and realize they're not a mistake they're not just uh bad luck but they're orchestrated by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the infinite, the Ein Sof, specifically and precisely for our situation, if we realize that and don't run away from them, but tackle them head on and think, how can I grow? Then instead of just being inspired for a few minutes as we are after our film, we'll be singing and dancing for eternity, having created that hero that each of us can be. Wow. What a story. And what a incredible journey that you've been on, Rabbi Roth. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi Hilo. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing this uh, incredible project projects that you uh, that you have endeavored. And uh, nice to know what's coming on the horizon. Everyone, stay tuned and check it out. TorahLive.com. Uh, thank you for joining us on Kolot, and much okay. success in everything that you do. And you, and you, Hilo. Thank you for your time. To listen to all Colote episodes and see upcoming guests, visit colopodcast.com. We are also on all podcast players. Type in Colote on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Podbean, and Amazon. Share with your friends and please make sure to give us a five-star review. Colote is a project of the Columbus Community Colo, a full-time Jewish learning center in Bexley, staffed with high-caliber Torah scholars. Ever since 1995, boys, girls, men and women from all backgrounds and affiliations have found many opportunities to connect with Torah and mitzvot at the Kolel. Whether it's a study partner, engaging lesson, or a program, the Kolel is your one-stop shop for all your Jewish learning. If you want to know how you can benefit from the Kolel, visit thekolel.org. That is T-H-E-K-O-L-L-E-L dot org and forever be inspired.